0: Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. We'd like to thank our patrons for making these things possible. Brian Bridges, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat... Frogshock, Robin Mims, Thomas Wayne Haley, Rip Rex, and Tim Demuse. We'd also like to honor the memory of Wesley Sullivan. Now, let us listen. Last time on Dungeon Ball Z, y'all didn't get eaten by a dragon. You end up in the tower of a very powerful wizard, Whitlin of the Emerald Mountains. He is the Sage of Time, one of several sages throughout the world.
1: So, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Emerald Mountains, I do remember asking uh, if there were uh, how many others. Did we get an answer to how many others does the Sage of Time know?
0: Um, there are five sages in total at any given point in time. Uh, And I may not have openly stated this prior, but the other sages are Cirrus of the Hidden Skyhold, the Sage of Storms and Sky, Vodric of Red Mountain, the Sage of Summons, Barbus of the Glowing Deep, Sage of Senses and the Ocean, and Mandar of Iron Keep, Sage of Destruction and Banishment. I don't think you did, but you did now, and I got him.
2: Well, I am Adira, the Sage of Getting
3: Shit Done. Yeah. So... So one of them's just going to have to die, so there's only five left, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whitland's here. Huh?
2: He's no, not doing much. No, we ain't much. killing Whitland.
3: <laughs> yeah. he served his purpose. Adira
2: has a per- no, Adira, Adira, has a use for him still. We don't kill him.
0: Okay. Senses the notion it is. I'm glad that's your motivation. So, uh, priorly, um, our fae boy, um, Baron... Got, had gotten fucked up by the tangential transference of essentially a few of Taraxus's memories or thoughts or perceptions or whatever the fuck they are that hasn't really been determined yet.
1: Uh, and you said Taraxus's memories. Are you sure you don't mean Adira's?
2: No, they were Taraxuses. That was the problem. That's Is right. Because Adura okay. was trying to interpret Yes memories, and it caused her to seize, and Baron touched her mm, while she was right. seizing, the- yep. and he saw inside Taraxuses'
1: head.
0: Gotcha. Thank you. But um, with Whitland's help, the uh, damage to Baron's mind was sort of patched by fusing him together with another him from another timeline and so Baron changed a little bit Um,
2: so does he remember all the stuff from this timeline
0: yeah
1: and so just to be clear you mean from a different timeline not just another point in the same timeline
0: right as Whitland said he he crossed with another shard whatever that means and so this this alternate Baron was close enough to be nearly identical uh, to the current Baron, and what sort of fusion of their memories can be has taken place. And the new Baron is actually uh, a little more powerful, as well as being champion of Ragadan. And he has a different voice. And he has a very different voice. <laughs>
3: It's pretty much the same.
2: Adira no longer has a child to care for.
1: No, I meant used to, it used to be voiced by Sean, now it's voiced by Eric.
0: Yes, Eric Eric now plays uh, Baron.
2: Well, Adira is going to wake up.
0: Is it the morning?
2: I hope so. Because she's going to wake up and go out and wait for Whitland.
0: Would you say that she stepped outside? No. <laughs> oh, Whitland is awake. Does anybody else wake up? I
1: think eventually Kumiho does wake up as well. Um, Puts his armor on, does his daily prayer, straps all his weapons on, starts uh, flexing his body, because uh, yesterday he uh, nearly died from a dragon, and he, he's he's anxious to uh, get back on the road.
4: Okay.
3: Uh, Baron will also wake up. Probably a little later than the others, having had uh, a bit of a trying time for the past several days. So getting a good night's sleep is uh, probably high on his to-do list.
0: So Whitlin Whitlin is around. Um, You're in the lowest level of his little tower that's bigger on the inside. You know, stereotypical wizard shit. And he can be found in the main uh the main chamber, eating a sandwich from his magical fridge.
2: She'll just walk right up to him and be like,
0: "Well, are you ready?" I suppose I'm ready if you are.
2: I was born ready. It's one of the advantages of never having a childhood.
0: If you'll follow me then, and just for my own recap, this is to try and understand what you were seeing, right.
2: Uh, yeah, he told her that she could show him the memories, with he could keep it from basically causing her to seize and go into a coma, mm. uh, and help her understand what it is she has seen of Taraxis. Mm-hmm. So ba- basically, told her he could give her some information on him as well. So,
0: so you return with him once again to the to the chamber with the clock on the wall uh the furnishings this time are a little bit different a little more comfortable looking not some big slab in the middle for to lay someone on in the place of the slab there are two relatively comfortable looking chairs sat facing each other yeah he'll motion to one
2: she'll sit down
0: and he'll sit across from me
2: and she'll look at me and say well i should probably warn you i can't really control what I show you,
0: what you see? That will be alright. It's not directly the real power that will be doing this, actually. I just want you to
2: know that uh, if something other than Taraxis comes through, the stuff you see is not going to be pleasant.
0: I've seen a great deal. Do not underestimate my ability to Have you
2: spent 3,000 years in Abaddon?
0: I wouldn't say I've spent 3,000 years in Abaddon, no, but I've been there, and I've seen much of what it has to offer.
2: Well, it's not just a matter of seeing. You You will feel what I feel, think what I think. It can be a rather emotionally trying experience.
0: Not quite, but I do appreciate your concern, and there will... Raising up from the floor, there will be a narrow pillar, atop which sits a smooth uh, disc that appears to be made out of it. agate. If you would, please place your hand on this.
2: Uh, she'll remove her glove from her non-gauntlet-lit hand and,
3: and place it on that.
0: You place your hand on this disc and you feel a slight cold sensation. Not an unpleasant or foreboding one, but just a bit of a chill. Kind of run up your arm. The sensation's almost like a cool breeze blowing on you. A small sphere of light begins to form above the pillar where your hand is placed. And a pair of smaller orbs appear beside it. Uh, significantly smaller in size, almost points. Whitland and says, I ask that you try to relax some focus on the sound of the clock and you hear the tick, tick, tick. Um, what do you, uh, what do you want to do? Does this feel weird to you? Do you want to do it? What you doing?
2: Well, Adira's entire life experience has felt weird. Uh. But, uh, like. I don't think anything in this would scare her, and if you're not scaring her, she's not really affected
0: by this. Alright, so. Um. As you focus on the ticking, you find yourself feeling almost sleepy um, uh, but still conscious your eyelids begin to feel heavy and they close and after a short while the cool feeling kind of spreads and becomes more turbulent almost as if you were actually out standing somewhere Uh, like in a field on a cool spring day the only thing, uh, else that you really sense at this point is the ticking. And then, almost as if it was from a great distance away, you hear Whitman's voice again. Now, try to think about. The memory is that you want me to help you understand. This sensation is being filtered. It should protect you from it. It will first be filtered through me and then back to you. Go ahead and make me a will say.
2: An eighteen.
0: Eighteen. Alright. So you begin to focus. Uh light begins to appear in your mind's eye around you. Vague shapes becoming more and more focused. They look very strange, uh, but familiar too. You feel like you've seen these in flashes and flits during your seizures. They're a lot easier to take in if quite alien. You feel like they're things that you recognize trees, grass, simple everyday objects, but it's almost like they're flat. Um, you, looking at them, are able to tell rationally that they are not flat. And things begin to sort of unfold before you quite literally in certain ways. You choose something to focus on. Um, Let's say a tree. Um, And as you focus on this tree, you can suddenly see all sides of it at once. And as you try to look at what would be another side of it, you find that you still see all sides of it at the same time, including the inside. It's, as I said, it's in a way unfolded before you, but it begins to change. Yet you feel no more effective. Um, like you don't feel like you're doing anything more than really like moving around it. But you can see it begin to become a sapling, and then you move another direction, and it becomes a very old and ancient tree. You move yet another direction, and it seems to shift through a great number of states. Uh, the same tree, but influenced by millions of other variables at any given point. It lays in different formats. In one it's burned, turned to ash. Another one inhabited by a dryad for only the slightest bit of motion. And you kind of begin to figure out that this is just how Taraxas sees everything. It's taking a great deal of focus on your part to attempt this but like this is literally just how it works for him is there anything you would like to seek out in all of this
2: Oh, she's trying to find out any I guess you would almost call it personal information she can about who he is what he is where he's from
0: all right um, make me another, we'll say. A 25. So, so you begin, like, trying to focus on things that are beyond this, quote unquote, bound of your vision. Uh, and it's very difficult to navigate, um, through these memories because every sort of, quote unquote, step that you take through uh, this other axis of reality is it it changes literally everything around you so it's a lot to process but you kind of figure out the sort of direction with air quotes to head uh, to try and Like, figure what is a sort of path of progression throughout all of this. Um, And you travel for a while. Everything seems relatively sort of cut off. Um, You figure that it's probably not really that difficult for him to have manipulated what he gave you. Um. with as strange as his uh, perception is but there's a certain point where you find yourself in a strange environment this environment has its walls and floor made out of Something strange. And it almost looks normal to you. Not like unfolding and, and up and inside out and all that. Um. And... In the center of this room... There's sort of a... Almost like a cloud, um, and of everything in this room, the only thing that seems to be capable of unfolding is this cloud. There's a door, but as you to this room, but as you continue to try and move along the prior axis, uh, it doesn't seem to open. Uh, it does seem that Taraxis has been in every point of this room, uh, at some point, um, move around it. Um, and you sort of also begin to gain the understanding that he's sort of here everywhere at once, but at no point have you actually seen the figure that you recognize as Teraxxus, and you're not really feeling much, like, physically. You peer into this cloud in the middle looking for some sort of answer, perhaps, and it begins to unfold and, like, tunnel vision, you're able to zoom into it, almost, and it just unfolds and unfolds and unfolds and becomes infinitely larger. Like, no matter how much you get closer, it's just, there's more. And you begin searching through this, and it's very odd you think, uh, I think you would realize it's very odd that you're able to navigate this memory at your will. Uh, as opposed to sort of being dragged along like you have been in most of your other memories. But as you zoom in more, you start to see things that are almost vaguely familiar. Like things you've seen in the night sky, little points of light. Um... And then you begin sort of experimenting with the axis again. And you're able to continue moving inward. Until eventually you feel, for the first time, you feel something. Like a draw. Almost like something's tugging you. Do you want to follow it or continue on just searching around?
2: Well, that depends where it feels like I'm being tugged towards. Is it something in the cloud? Is it something trying yes, to pull it, backwards? It's in
0: the cloud. It, yeah, in the cloud.
2: Yeah, yeah, she'll go towards it.
0: Okay, so you... Rotate... You rotate the cork event. Um, and you follow this, uh, this tug. And... You begin to, um, feel certain things, uh, as everything gets bigger or perhaps as you get smaller and eventually you see an entire world or you see like a a solar system. And as you zoom in, you find a small world with a moon and a broken ring. You zoom in further and further and further. And eventually you find yourself uh, almost like on rails. Like, you can leave here or you can go forward. Like, but you don't... You're having less and less option as to how you want to move through everything.
2: Oh, she's not leaving.
0: Okay, so as you move forward... You eventually zoom into a point where you see yourself standing in front of you, and just um, like frozen, like absolutely still. And like you herself see
2: as herself, or herself as the original.
0: Yourself as yourself. Um, you would like, kind of taking in everything around you, you are able to see in, uh, like, every direction at once, and it's very kind of hard to take in, but you're able to sort of direct your focus, but you do feel more strained here doing so. Like, there is a lot more, uh, difficulty for you to focus your attention in one place as opposed to having it spread. Uh, And you would hear Whitland's voice in the distance, almost a whisper. Don't push too far. There's only so much I can do to match his perception. And, uh, so you're, you feel odd, almost like you have a limb that you don't have. And that that limb is actually what you are right now in this memory. But also, like, that limb is like a hair on you, like a whisker, maybe. Can she um, answer Whitland?
2: Okay. Is she capable of doing that? You can try. Then she would attempt to answer him, I guess.
0: What does she say?
2: She says, this is me. But I, d- I didn't come here to see me. Where is E?
0: you're viewing things through him so he is likely where you are and like as, as this scene sort of like you process it a little more and more your head begins to hurt and it sort of starts becoming fuzzy but you feel like um you've it's familiar go ahead and make me a perception shot Twenty-one. Alright, so you take this in and you kind of, you begin to realize that this is the moment probably just, like, instantaneously, like a single vertical slice of time before Taraxxus touched you and you had the first seizure.
2: Yeah, um, she's gonna pull back. She She does not want to see all the possibilities of herself and that's, I mean, that's what she's afraid would happen so she's going to pull back from that okay.
0: like and you don't have like you don't feel like you can push it forward really either um, without some sort of strain and Whitland did advise against that um, but you, once again you feel kind of like you're almost magnetized to a track here and like as you leave it's similar eventually as things begin to fade out to a certain degree it like the the magnetization gets looser and looser um and you feel like you can go down other quote-unquote nearby possible um like direction
2: i mean if she thinks that she can see more about where he's from about these entities that uh, enforce rules on him that he had mentioned, she will look into that. But uh, like, make
0: me an intelligence check.
2: Uh, nineteen. No,
0: you feel like this has that would probably have something to do with that strange room that he was in.
2: Like she, she's not here to try to understand herself or other people, just just him. So, All right. if she if she can find her way to to a deeper understanding of him, she will. Otherwise, she's done with this.
0: All right. Uh, so go ahead and give me a perception check. We'll say go back to the room that seems normal except for the cloud.
2: A twenty four.
0: All right. So. You begin moving throughout the various uh, axes that uh, you, you feel Taraxis is capable of moving through this room, uh, and you eventually uh, are able to sort of, like, notice a small chain. Um, you sort of, like, move a certain way, and the door is on a different side of the room. So you begin experimenting with this, um, it's very difficult for you to to grasp, but you're still giving it a try, um, and eventually, um, the room in its own way sort of unfolds, but it's a much simpler, um, folding, uh, not, not nearly as complex as, like, every technical fiber of a, of a tree, like, unfolding before you. It's more like the wall on the far side of the room just moves away, and there's more room uh, that sort of, like, just decompresses from the entirety of the space you're in. Uh, then, with relative ease, you're able to move into that section, and there is, this time, an open archway. And, uh, through this archway, there is another room, very similar to the old one, but the lights, uh, which is kind of sourceless, um, but the light of this room is much dimmer, um, and there's a cloud in this one too, but this cloud is much, uh, smaller, uh, and also much denser. And you sort of pick up, like, as you're passing through the threshold, um, a a strange feeling. And, like, so you turn around and you feel an emotion you would equate with interest uh, as you're in the doorway. uh, But only there. Uh, And as you move...
2: That definitely piques her interest then, because this is the first time she's really felt something.
0: Um, as if you go into the other room, uh, the um, the slightest rotation of this other axis causes the other room to once again vanish, and you're just overcome with a sense of dullery and boredom. You realize it's not yours and it's not forcing you to do anything.
2: Like, I think she will latch onto that concept there and and start looking for other emotions, not things.
0: Alright. So, this actually takes quite some time, but you're eventually able to get yet another door to open, and there's another practically identical room on the other side of it and his boredom lessens ever so slightly um as you move back into that room you don't figure that it's moving into this new room has made him less bored more like he moved out of this room into the other one and became more bored uh like you're going backwards right now for him
2: yeah, that's fine. She will like. She, I, I, she will keep going until you tell me she's not allowed to. She's she's trying to. She knows very well that seeing things, you you can see a person's entire life and not truly know them because you don't know what they felt, what they thought. Uh, so it's the the emotion behind it that matters, and so, like, she's got. She, she's on the track of that now. That's that's where her interest is going to lie. And she will pursue that until she can pursue it no longer.
0: All right. Make me a perception check.
2: Uh, 22. 22.
0: You hear Whitland's voice as you continue trying to search for yet another door to um, proceed through his sort of time. And you can just barely hear Whitland's voice. Uh... He says can't go much further.
2: But he's here. I can feel him.
0: You are into other shards now, and mine, mind is not. It is not natural, even for me. You can proceed, but this will break likely abruptly once we reach a certain point of tension.
2: Will it kill me?
0: No, we will both be unharmed. Then she keeps going. So you continue on. The door opens again. Um, But this time it opens into another room through which um, you can tell that the... You're not really able to see it so much. It's like it's been blotted out. But you can tell, like, just looking through the door that things on the underside of it are unfolding. Like, they're not of the same dimension as the rooms you've been in so far. You can sort of detect presences uh, beyond them, though you also can kind of detect that they are altered in a way that makes them less unfoldy. And there, like, you're close, like, there's a mix of emotional states. Anytime you sort of stop, quote-unquote, moving through this space, um, you land on a different emotion uh, or sense of boredom or excitement or relief or resentments. But that is, um, that
2: is key. That is what she was trying to understand, is whether this being really felt anything.
0: Um, Most of these emotions, with the exception of the relief, um, seem fairly negative. Um, Like, he's unhappy. But it's probably, like, less unhappy than he would be were he not this unhappy. So, like, you sort of are kind of able to piece together that sense, but you're not able to move, like, fluidly through this experience to experience it as he did um and you feel like there are answers beyond that next door but upon trying to approach it you're suddenly hear the ticking of the clock again and everything is dark and you open your eyes and you're back in the room Whitland yes he he looks to be sweating some uh and not really pained, but as if having a uh, having just endured a great strain.
2: When I am through saving the world, you need to teach me how to do this.
0: This so much is not something taught, but granted. If you're up to it, and you know, see if you are, perhaps you're not a good fit. However, right, it's not really an option.
2: I am a. Disciplined woman. You teach me you teach me what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. I will play by the rules.
0: The rules are an extremely important part of all this. So perhaps when this is said and done, you still have a part to play. I need some purpose, some meaning. An
2: eternal existence without it is not something to look forward to.
0: That is true. I must say that you're up against the odds, however. I have a greatly extended life, and... In ways, am... Able to... Work even beyond the bounds of my own death. But you, as an... Immortal being... Gaining... Even greater... Extension of your existence is something that actually works against you in the likelihood that you can take my place. Does not make it impossible, but. And why is that? Complications with immortal beings having the position of Sage of Time, primarily therein being that it disrupts a cycle, extended or not of refreshment and immortal beings tend to lose sight of mortality and the existence and finiteness of existence. And there is a particular balance that my position must maintain.
2: Whitland we are all immortal. Your concepts of mortality are based off leaving this physical body but you don't cease to exist at that point.
0: I'm well aware of the perpetuity of the soul and quintessence but even so the soul is not immortal. Eventually it does degrade turning into the very stuffs that the planes are made of. You with this power would have the potential to truly exist until the end which has some dangerous components to it but it's not entirely up to me so
2: why would anyone want to exist that long
0: why don't you ask Taraxa? he seems to be the one for that
2: next time I talk to him I suppose I can but most of the time 3,000 years feels like too long already the prospect that uh, it's going to go on for a long time yet is a bit daunting
0: I have lived somewhere between 65 and 29,000 years give or take a few centuries and or minutes
2: But you have a reason to exist.
0: I do. But when you have this power, it is daunting. And while there is a purpose, all beings can lose their sense of purpose. Even inevitables built to be perfect and with an unending drive can... Often through means outside their control become different, change their directives, even lose their sense of self.
2: I have seen firsthand what power can do to a person, especially when it is not tempered by a true sense of compassion and justice. I will not make that mistake again.
0: An unfortunate part of the job, Adira, is that sometimes you must act against your compassion and against your justice.
2: That may be true. To some degree. But those are the only things that can truly keep keep you in check when you have power and you do not answer to anyone else you're capable of
0: great harm this is true the sages however do well I wouldn't say that in a traditional extent we answer to somebody we do have a power from which the source of our greatest abilities are uh, pull from. So, to upset this source would be, uh, albeit once you have the powers, you're already determined not to have done this, but essentially this is what I was talking about, By it's not entirely my choice. You will either be worthy of it, or you will not determine by whether you ever will or ever would lose the path, so to speak.
2: I'll not lose my way again.
0: Perhaps. We'll see. I have... Hope for you, Adira, but it is not something that I, for sure, can say. It would also likely put you at odds with Taraxxus, with whom I believe you are a friendly relationship.
2: Are you incapable of disagreeing with your friend?
0: I have very few. It is a lonely existence. So is this one. That is a better point. But now, with this done, I'll uh, begin to stand as the agate disc lowers back into the floor below. I believe I would like to take some aspirin and... uh, I believe you haven't yet had breakfast. It's been a few hours. I know.
2: What the hell is an aspirin?
0: Oh, it's a medicine made from an extract of a tree. It's from the future. It's good for heading.
2: All right. Breakfast, but then we have to be on our way. There's still a lot of work to be done. All right, well,
0: uh, you go ahead and head downstairs. I have some things to collect that may help you on your journey. All
2: right. She will head downstairs.
0: All right. Well, we're going to rewind for a little bit uh, because that, as I said, took a few hours. Now, it technically took a few hours in a time chamber that distorts time, so is closer to an hour. But uh, what are Kumiho and Baron doing during this?
1: Oh, damn, I was kind of hoping you were going to jump to us <laughs> mid-conversation. Uh, for, in, in the morning after his uh, prayers, Kumiho will, uh, Kumiho will go about uh, just seeing to sweet feet, making sure everything is fine. Uh, I believe we had a couple other travelers with us,
0: didn't we? Uh Or yes. was it just no, us no, no. now? Um, there's, there's
1: Clint in the series. That is what yeah. I thought. Okay, yeah, we didn't part ways with Clint. Clint's,
0: yeah, Clint's still there.
1: Clint's OG, yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, Clint has been pouring through the various books on display in the shelves of the main chamber.
1: Okay, uh, well, I mean, I guess uh, Kumio will you know, start with checking in on Clint and, uh, he, he's already already said he's suited up and everything. So yeah, definitely check in with everyone. See how everyone's doing. Uh, it's only been the day after the dragon thing, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't spent. Okay. So yeah, uh, I wanted to make sure I had the timeline, right? Uh, yeah. He'll Kumio walk up, uh, and observe Clint pouring over books.
0: He seems quite absorbed in a, rather pristine looking tome, uh, go ahead and make a perception check. Okay. Uh,
1: 14 for Kumiho's perception.
0: All right. So you're, um, he, he's sort of like sat back in a chair and has the book in his hand, uh, to support it, uh, while clicking pages with his other hand. Uh, you are able to pick up a portion of the title, uh, says How to Serve Humans? No. <laughs> um, it says uh, that you can see Fourth Millennia, Ater, uh, and then beneath that, under his hand, it says Saluna. Uh, Clint, are you reading a history book? I, I suppose you could call it that, yes, it's more like a, it's odd, it's it's written from the first person, uh, but almost, um, like, as a factbook, this isn't a historical account, it's like an observation, and it spans uh, to the best of my... I I would assume, looking over it, I've been skipping about a bit, but I would assume this, this covers a great deal of information over the course of a thousand years. There's no author written or citation given, but it's very interesting, at least.
1: Are there not people that can live that long? Gnomes, I know, are
0: yeah, so very few, but at the odd thing is that I can read it. S- seven... Er, not, Six thousand years ago, common was not what it is today. You, you would not be able to read this. It would be an ancient language. This far back, lost to history. The oldest tome I've ever read is close to three thousand years old, and even that was in a language that needed to be translated six times to get a rough idea of what it said.
1: Well, perhaps that's what this is, a translation. Perhaps. I mean, we are in the abode of a sage of time. Perhaps it wasn't lost to history at all, but lost to this library of his.
0: Perhaps. And perhaps he's written it, or another of his order i i suppose um and this is a thick tone uh it's pretty thick yeah it's um you know when you go to a like a public library or a school library and they have not like the like long set of encyclopedias but the big one that's like weighs yes. 25 fucking pounds it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah that. the
1: one that can't be taken out of the library <laughs> right
0: this is the book yes, you can't yeah. have <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: It's like that. Okay. Um, And the writing, like if you peer over, is very small. (laughs) Like the writing is very small, very neat, uh, very clearly uh, written. um, Not in a uh, script or anything, but in a very um, almost like a font, like a like a typeface almost. But it is obviously handwritten. It's very neatly and very finely.
1: I don't have detect magic.
0: Oh that's right, you're a paladin, you don't get cantrips. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm a I'm a Palladian. Um Damn, okay, uh I'm not gonna sense evil on a book. Um so uh, it's it's a mystery. Perhaps we can confer with Whitlin himself when he returns. Is there anything you were able to glean from it? Did you happen to Read the last page by chance, or uh, the first page.
0: Um, I I did read the first page. Uh, Very simple opening, uh, and to which it began with a location and about another, uh, just skimming, I'd say another 15 pages of events during uh, the first month of the first year in roughly that area and then it moved on to the next area and it proceeds so on very many pages and i do believe this book is likely magical um
1: i have no way of telling if it's magic or not
0: i in the cart i have a i have an eyepiece that's able to detect magic um but you should beyond
1: read with your eyepiece. You're going to damage your eyes further. Uh,
0: well, it actually zooms in quite a bit, and uh, I can read this just fine. But uh, some obvious properties. Um, and he references... He holds up the book, and it's just like, a book this thick probably doesn't have more than a 1,000 pages, maybe 2,000 at most, if they're particularly thin. Opening it, however... They
1: aren't... This book isn't numbered by pages?
0: The pages are numbered. But if we open it... Here we open to roughly the middle, and as you can see here, the page number is 5,796. Just
1: as his home is larger on the outside, so too are his books. Tell me, Clint, is there a table of contents...
0: That is a good question. And he'll sort of close the book again, turn it to where it's front's down, and open the bat. Uh, It would appear that there's a glossary. Likely there's an index as well. And he'll flip back, like, 30 pages. um, Mm -hmm. And be like, it would appear so. Index.
1: You say this is how old? It it spans
0: what... Period of Spends time spans from from the year four thousand, as it's so state. Looking at the books on the shelves, apparently, this world simply became around ten thousand years ago. Huh? Take off a few months.
1: In the index, is Helios listed?
0: Uh, yes, um, though it's in parentheses. Yeah.
1: What is outside the parenthetical?
0: The arid region.
1: Go to that page, please. Uh,
0: there are many pages. What year? The basically the book is divided into years and then those years are divided into areas. So there are okay. 4000 years in this book or there are 1000 years in this book and each year is divided into areas.
1: And in- uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said this was a 6,000 year old. Okay, so, you know, I, I'm trying to do a bunch of mental math and gymnastics. I'm just going to outright say Is Adira Prime's time <laughs> listed in this book? In
0: this one, no. Okay. Um, Like, I, I would assume like, do I have to, do I have to, to try to and get the, the answer the math you're wrong? looking for, like, you ask if um, Adira or anything that she's mentioned about her homeland is in this book and it's not in the index or the glossary okay
1: so not this book I was was just curious Uh, Adira has told me some of her tale I wonder if after she was while she was incarcerated in Abaddon if there may be any mysteries to be revealed about her memories past but perhaps not in this book Tell me, Clint, what do you hope to gain from this ancient knowledge? Are you searching for something in particular?
0: No, I can't say that I am. I was simply, I suppose, perusing. Of course, my interest is in the historical, but I've never peered at anything that I could say is more than a few thousand years old.
1: As you say that, Don remembers that's exactly Clint's bag. So, apologies. Uh, so, uh, Kumiya will go over to the shelves and try to find the book from that time of Adira.
0: So, you would get—you're not a hundred percent sure, but you would guess it's sure. between seven thousand and nine thousand, or it, it's either—it's either in the seven thousand book or the eight thousand book. Okay. Yeah. Because Adira
2: I, is just shy of three thousand years old.
1: Yes, that's. I see. I knew that, but I, I couldn't remember what year we were in.
0: Uh, you're so, in the year. <laughs> uh, ten thousand technically. Okay, so ten thousand, so seven.
1: Okay, so I need the seven thousands and uh, maybe the start of the eight thousands if uh if I want to see kind of post Adira sort of stuff. So that's kind of like Kumio knowing Adira's trying to figure things out, um and um. I guess I don't need to say, but I will say he's not, like, suspicious of Adira at all. He's just curious about his uh, new friend, new-er friend. Um, and just, you know, if there's stuff to learn, he's interested.
0: All right. So, um, do you peruse this book by yourself, or do you ask for help with it?
1: Uh, You know, Clint mentioned a Nifty Eyeglass. Uh, Kumio is a middle-aged kitsune. Kitsune. Kids soon.
0: fox guy I
1: said however
0: you want uh, to so say it
1: okay I didn't know if you had like a, a one that you guys prefer Uh, yeah if uh Clint could hook me up with that eyepiece if I could use that or maybe give Clint the 8,000 or Baron if he'd like to uh, join us we can divide and conquer but he's fine just he doesn't know how long unlocking the mysteries of Taraxxus is gonna take so he's, he figures He's got plenty of time to, uh, sit in a comfy chair and flip a book.
0: Okay. Does Baron do anything?
3: So, um, after waking up, Baron is going to kind of, like, take a good portion of time to find a mirror and kind of look over himself, noticing the, uh... The change in the color of his scales and just kind of seeing if anything else has changed about him. Um
0: uh, <laughs> not every- much really on a physical scale. Um like you remember your scales being purple, but you also like remember them always being blue. It's not like you have two parallel memories of that. Like, when you try to think back, they're always blue. But when you, like... But you can also recall that that wasn't the case, but only, like, on a conceptual scale, basically.
3: Yeah, and he's... I think he's got just this kind of feeling of, um... Like... This isn't exactly me, but it also is what I've always been. So he's he's kind of just um I don't want to say refamiliarizing himself, but he's just kind of um <clears throat> like stretching out and just feeling it and making sure everything feels the same. And there's probably just that little bit of like like, this isn't quite right, but this is how it's always been um, in his head. Just a little bit of a, a strange thought that, you know, he's probably never even had the, like, idea of having before.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, <clears throat> after a, a decent amount of time, probably... Like fifteen or twenty minutes after waking up, of doing that, he'll kind of get dressed and <clears throat> head down to uh, try and find everyone else, see what they're up to.
0: So, uh, as you're trying to sort of wrap your head around the concept of being one person that was actually two people, but is actually one person, and is now no longer two people that were one person but just one person who is one person. You kind of, like, come across a few other things, just as you're trying to, like, think about things to see if there's any discrepancies, like, in your memory and stuff. And the orb that you are searching for in Starlight, you actually realize that you know a little bit more about it now. Um, You know that it's actually a magical tool of relatively great power, situationally. Um, It has the ability to open rifts to other planes in places where that barrier is thin, like naturally or through magic or what have you. So it's able to open those rifts. It's also able to travel along very specific lines that that it reacts with. But beyond that, you head downstairs. Uh Kumiho and Clint are both reading fat ass books with a pH and two Ts.
1: You took my joke, Sean. Yeah. I'll never forgive you for that.
0: Um, and when you said it can travel along certain lines. Uh you're not entirely sure what it means either. Uh but like you seem to remember having this explained to you at some point. By Clint. Gotcha. But you also know that in this uh line of reality, Clint hasn't looked at the orb.
3: Okay, uh, and I wasn't quite able to to get there. Did we attain the orb?
0: Um, it was kind of Baron's reason for being in Starlight. Um, he didn't really know why, but he was supposed to go find it, and it was uh, it was in a magic shop, like in the storeroom. Uh, okay,
3: he did he did
0: uh, get it then. Yes, it was attained. He just in this shard, quote unquote. Um, he didn't know why or what it did. He just knew he was having like weird ass dreams telling him to go get it. Yep, yep, yep. Okay,
3: where are they uh, reading books? Is it like just the general room?
0: Yeah, it's we the big of- round room that like is the first room in the tower that has like the eating area and the fridge and the sitting area and all that. Is a big, very open room that's pretty well. Uh, decorated and furnished, and has the little Roomba, broom thing animated. <laughs> Roomba, Roomba. <laughs> um,
3: yeah. So Baron will come down and um, he's walking just a little gingerly. Um, but uh, he's you know scoops up some some breakfast for himself and kind of goes, uh, so, uh, what are you, what are you lot studying then?
1: Uh good morning, Baron. We are, uh, well, to put it indelicately, I am looking up Adira in the history books. Hmm. Uh, find anything interesting, I guess. I still... There's a lot of pages, and I don't think Clint ever got back to me with his eyepiece, but there's a lot to go through, and it's a a big world and a big tome, so just flipping pages, looking for mention of her home, Helios. How are you feeling today? (laughs) A bit like
3: a new man, I suppose. Uh... Yeah. uh, good though I'm, I'm well.
1: Uh, yourself? Oh, I'm I'm doing just fine. I, it feels good to do something as mundane as flipping through a book instead of terrassing through a canyon trying to avoid wendigos and dragons.
3: <laughs> <coughs> yes, <Yeah, so>. it-
0: <laughs> sir.
3: Um. Fuck! I completely blinked on <laughs> a response. Um.
1: Okay, hold up. Oh, sorry. No, go for go it. Ahead. Oh uh, well, Tracy. So, why do I have Helios in my brain? Uh, he. I thought. Well,
2: that's the name name of the place now, but. uh that's not what it was named three thousand years God ago. God
1: damn it! Okay, I, like when I said I'm like Helios sounds way too. I could have. Yeah, I knew the name.
2: Yeah, you've heard her introduce herself yeah. <laughs>
1: as Shapti of the Maka. Tomorrow, yeah, yeah. So. But for some reason, I keep having Helios. But Helios, well, okay. Helios is the um, name
0: of the country in the modern day, not not like the yes the kingdom, but yes. like the the regional country, like Noctis or yes. Obscure it. And those names have also changed over the millennia, but of course, um, okay. Each of these major regions is referred to by sort of a given name, and then like it's addendumed in parentheses by currently named X or Y.
1: So, okay, so it's so these tomes, though they're ancient, they are made contemporary for people of our time to understand. Yes, is that accurate?
0: Okay. Um and you're not sure if that's a magical property or if they were written by someone yeah, from I... now. But then Paladins
1: don't have the ability to know if things are magic or not.
0: Just bad or good. Uh and Clinton <laughs> does go get the eyepiece, it takes him a few minutes. Okay. Um because he has okay. to go outside, grab the ship, come back in. Sure. Um Yep. Yep, I was just teasing him. And cool. It does allow you to tell that yes. The book is magical. Do you have Spellcraft or Knowledge Arcana?
1: I believe I have both. Let me check. Uh, No Arcana, of course. Oh, wait, no, it's Knowledge Arcana. So I have a plus one or I have... I think I took Spellcraft. Yes, I have a plus four to Spellcraft. Does either one... Does it matter, or should I do the Arcana?
0: Knowledge Arcana, skill to determine the school of magic involved in each of the thing's auras, and uh, you can attempt to identify the properties with Spellcraft.
1: Okay, so I need to do both. I'll do Arcana first.
0: Okay. Uh, Ten for the Arcana. Uh, You are not sure what these auras are. You are capable of determining that each book has two auras.
1: I'm going to use my own dice uh, because okay. <laughs> Fantasy Grounds is famous. So I have a plus
3: for
0: Spellcraft. Fair. That's a 10 for Spellcraft. <laughs> You're <laughs> unable to identify it, and. Um, mm-hmm. That's fair. I don't think you can try it again for the rest of the day. No,
1: not. Uh, yeah, not for another day, yeah. Well,
0: there's a certain if I remember. range of failure where you can. Um, oh, okay. Let me just double check.
1: Yeah, it's. Okay, yeah, there's there's uh, some podcasts that I've listened to where they have to identify this bitch and magical item. Three of the five people fail it, uh and the other two aren't magic users. So they're like, yeah, you don't really know what this magical uh battle axe does until tomorrow when you can check again.
0: Okay, no, it's not a degree of failure, so it is just a... Oh. But it is per individual item. So you can try on the other books if you'd like.
1: Uh I'm I'm kinda settled in with this book for okay. now. Uh so yeah, I'll I'll pop the I'll put the eyepiece uh, can you describe the
0: eyepiece? Um, you know those jeweler things. Oh yeah, uh, just, mm-hmm. just what a I was little hoping. one-eyed jeweler thing that you hold up to your eye. Yep, it's like that. It does zoom yep. in. It's not good for reading because it does zoom in quite a bit, and like you have to be <laughs> close. But um, it was uh, able to detect magical aura. Ah,
1: okay. So all right. So yes, I know they're magic, and I'm just uh, scrolling through and. um I mean, Kumio's way smarter than Don is. So, I mean, you know, he's he, I said he was looking for Helios. I mean,
0: uh, it, it's quick enough that you can I've, tell that it's sorted in a different way. Okay, but cool. um, like it has Helios in there, but it's not like if it's alphabetical, it's not like going it's not going to be under the H. It's going to be under a with arid region. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. And I did see that in the index. OK, so, yeah, I will uh, continue perusing that.
0: All right. Uh, Kumio only has an intelligence 10 so don't insult yourself like that are you saying I'm smarter than average I probably yeah
1: alright Craig got that on recording (laughs) alright so okay I thought for some reason I thought Kumio was smarter (laughs) fucking Brigard's smarter than Kumio
0: (laughs) (laughs) Brigard has like a a 14 14. 16
1: yeah he's a 16 he's a plus 3
0: Oh, yeah. Um, uh, go ahead and roll me a, a D4 and a D20.
1: Okay. Uh, 14 on the D20, obviously, and a 2.
0: Okay, so it'll take you a good little while to kind of find what you're looking for. 16 minutes. hmm Uh. Oh. Uh. And... Uh, but you're able to, um, sort of narrow it down. Like first you find, uh, you go through the index, uh, and you're looking for her name basically and, mm-hmm. or her title. And you do eventually find her name and her title, uh, paired together as well as the addendum of first, uh, female ruler of Bar al-Sham, you find in the index, uh, directing you to a page with more information. However, there is a summation, a, a one-sentence summation of the page, uh, and you see, uh, in the year 7106, the Queen of the Gilded Sea dies in the Priuship complex to Kuluuk the Daemon. Okay. Which uh, you would know from speaking with Adira that that is essentially what created her was the depth of the other Adira. Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, if I could, I'd like to and I don't want to like hog all the time, but I'd I'd like to go to that page and read in detail. Like, you know, if there were any other accounts like this is all written from a first person observation uh, like the others.
0: Um, So you would find as you attempt to seek this page that the first flip you make, uh, sort of like you, you feel like you kind of just make a guess to, to flip towards the right page, which is like, like in the upper 1000 page range. Uh, however you find yourself immediately landing upon it. Uh, nice. So, um, what exactly do you want to know? Because like, um, I'm not... <laughs> like, Yeah,
1: and, and if I'm asking too much, please tell me. You, you can We can, like, you know, curtail all this, but I'm just uh, fascinated. Kumio's fascinated as well. Um, see if they're, like, you know, what is the first-person account of this? If there's uh, anyone, like, quoted any editor... Not editorials, like a newspaper, but if, you know, if, if they got... Like if there were any other added details that Adira didn't have or hasn't given, sort of thing. Um, and again, feel free like you can bullshit me and just we can move on. I just thought it'd be
0: cool to do since she's doing that. So, uh, in terms of first person, it um I may I may have misspoke technically on the writing style. It is from the first person of the writer who appears mm-hmm. to be observing things. So. It's sort of almost yeah. third person, but it contains, it, and it's more of a sort of this is what happened and doesn't have, like, a lot on the, like, emotional state of anybody or anything uh, beyond what okay. it is.
1: Yeah, there, there's no opinions, no, like, you know, and, and crowds rejoice that the Gilded Queen, Queen of the Gilded Sea died sort of stuff. Like, uh,
0: like there there's not a lot of, like, opinion bits in there, but, like, obvious sure. things, like, if the people were rejoicing, obviously that would be in there. Um, yeah. And it, um, reading here, um, it's about a two page long summary. Uh, and even those two pages, yes, are a summary of what occurred, but, um, it basically tells, uh, in the beginning, very average, what the queen was doing. Uh, uh, before uh going to speak with uh Kuluok. and she uh it states that she appeared confused upon entering the chamber in which their meetings uh would happen mm-hmm. do you do you know I don't suppose you know Daemonic do you
1: <laughs> i I will look but I doubt it um what would that would that be a language? Yeah, yeah I do. Uh Do you
0: have linguistic abilities?
2: It's abyssal, isn't it?
0: No, there's infernal, abyssal and daemonic. I don't see. Oh, well,
2: there didn't used to be because when I asked you about picking my languages, you told me that
0: te- technically speaking abyssal or infernal will work as well.
1: Uh no, I speak Dark Common, Light Common, and Sylvan.
0: Okay, do you have linguistic? I do okay. not. But I do have felagoth mana. not sure that's entirely. Helpful. Well this
2: magical book that that, that translates everything else doesn't tell you what was said in a no, language no, the, you can
0: understand? I was this was to know what Kuluak means. Um
1: Oh, okay Like, it, it is a uh, name. you know yeah, and I don't think Kumio was like, okay no that's that's the thing that killed the queen, so he won't look into it any further than that honestly he's more focused on adira's uh uh story okay. so it's fine, uh it can just be something that's left aside um maybe if you want if you're if you insist on us doing this, maybe at some point I can ask Adira uh about oh, no, stuff no, no. I
0: was just trying to see if you knew that detail or not if you knew what its name meant um. I know it's a palindrome, um, but so the, it then recounts that um, behind the queen, uh, an undetected Kulwok emerged. And now, um, having finally devoured enough souls in this plane to gain uh, its true form, uh, without truly, um, truly leaving Abaddon. Uh, and it speaks to some fruition of Kuluk's plans, though that is not clarified, uh, here, um, and how Kuluk then kills her. Uh, how it was several hours before her body was found, how... Oh.
1: Can I ask? Was it gruesome? Does, has this already been stated? Um... Like, if it, if it details it, you can tell me, but not if not, it's fine. I'm physically,
0: just physically. Um... It while obviously a murder, um it, it was not particularly physically gruesome. It does detail, however, that due to the magics placed on her Shabti, um her soul was actually able to escape um being devoured by the daemon by being placed alongside the the Shabti of her uh, mm-hmm. In the boneyard, uh, as like the sort of decoy for the psychopomps. yeah. As her memories were transferred over, uh, and so, and, and the summary basically goes on to that the soul that was truly the Queen of Adira, doing to be due to it being effectively blank was sent back into the reincarnation cycle by phrasma whereas Mm -hmm. the shabti soul uh was uh with its memories and experiences was sent to Mm -hmm. abaddon uh for the evils that the queen performed
1: yes yeah yeah so so yeah all that happened and then the 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 reason for our adira that that started that cycle so okay cool all right Neat. Uh, well, you said something about the magics put onto her body.
0: Oh, that—that's just her? how um, Shopty are it.
1: Oh, so so uh, the Queen Adira's body had the markings of oh, they got a Shopti, They have a decoy.
0: No, um, so in the boneyard you look like a skeleton. That's it. Uh, they would have been two very nearly identical skeletons, but the memories of the queen were transferred into the oh, okay to take the punishment <laughs> for. the or the soul, yes. which basically gets off Scott free
1: Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Yeah, He, you'll read that. Uh, at some point, his eyes are going to drop open and drop the eyepiece onto the book.
0: <laughs> uh, and I feel like reading that takes a little while. Uh, it took you a little while to find it as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Baron, uh, is there anything you'd like to do while he's uh, perusing a, a big pet book? <laughs> Um,
3: no, I think he's, um, he's just going to be enjoying having a, you know, time of relative safety. <laughs> like Kamiho had said, they're not running through caverns evading dragons, at least for the time being, and uh he doesn't <clears throat> know the next time that they'll actually be able to just kind of relax. Um, so he probably spends it polishing his armor and weapons and just kind of relaxing a little bit. Uh, and uh, just also in his mind kind of contemplating um, the uh, the orb, especially with the knowledge that... Um, like, he gained some knowledge from Clint about it. And also, he knows that Clint hasn't seen the orb, and he's kind of weighing the options of, uh, having this Clint look at it.
0: Okay. So, around this time, uh, Adira, uh, you come down the stairs from the, uh, from the second floor. Um... And you feel pretty hungry. You know, you didn't eat breakfast and uh, it does feel like you haven't eaten breakfast for several hours. Uh, Make me a perception check.
2: 17.
0: Uh, So, you didn't notice really in the chamber that you were in before, but on the second floor uh, there was a clock near the stairwell and you noticed that um, the hands on it and the ticking seems to be slower than you expected. Uh, and there was another clock next to it that ticked at a normal speed. So you go downstairs and there's a clock near the bottom of the stairs that is ticking twice as fast and another clock that is ticking at a normal speed. Uh... But they sort of denote the same time, more or less.
3: Yeah,
2: I don't think she's that worried about clocks. Okay. If she's that hungry, she's worried about getting some food. All in right. Her. Like, she can contemplate clocks anytime.
0: What does she pull from the magical fridge?
2: She probably, I mean, being that hungry, she probably just reaches in and grabs whatever's there. You know, like, whatever the first thing she grabs.
0: What does she want? And the magical fridge also has hot food in it, so. Uh,
2: like, then she's probably wanting whatever a traditional breakfast would be for her?
0: Since coming to this <laughs> world or an ancient Helosian one?
2: Uh, likely Black- Helosian. She, like.
0: Okay.
2: As far as she's concerned, most of the food she's had in this world is just whatever they can find to make do.
0: Okay. So you have a, um, let's see. Uh, So you you have a, a falafel.
1: Okay. Was the secret of falafel lost to time? No, people still have falafels. Okay. <laughs> like, that's a very specific <laughs> thing in your world, Sean. Goddamn. <laughs> Uh, Only Adira knows the, the <laughs> splendor of the falafel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or you can have I don't know what half of these are but you could have Shawarma Schwarma's <laughs> shwarma. <laughs> good too. Shwarma's damn good,
3: yeah. is <laughs> coming down the stairs. Why not both? is yeah, coming down the stairs and Baron's just going <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Baron just goes Oh dear, top of the morning to you. We got potatoes and some corn hash here if you need me. Uh, <coughs> <it hurts>. uh, <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> you want an uh, gun coffee? It's mostly whiskey, but you know, it's out of splash of the brown tart you know what i'll have some of the coffee
2: i'm crying (coughs) it's been a day
0: it's still pretty early for the rest of you like y'all woke up it's been about an hour maybe a little on the long end of that but she seems quite uh kumio's done (laughs)
1: Kumio's, uh, since it's only been about an hour for him, he's a little, uh, hesitant to, uh, get out of this comfy chair. He's, uh, rather, like, (laughs) this thing is heavy, he's kind of pushing him down anyway, he's just kind of absorbed in it, but, uh, when Adira comes in, uh, he'll keep the spot in the book, he'll put a coin in the page, uh, and, uh, stand up and, uh, greet Adira.
2: Adira is looking at Baron like he's lost his mind, but has agreed to drink whiskey on
1: <laughs> Adira, were you able to learn anything with him?
2: Uh, a few things. There's still, the, Some stuff to, uh, figure out, but that'll come the time, I suppose. Uh, is everybody about ready to head out?
1: Uh, Are we in a rush? Yes. Oh, uh, okay, uh, just really quickly, I wanted to tell you, uh, I found your story, or the story of the queen, in a history book, if you want to peruse it.
2: Does it say what happened to the children?
0: Let me look again. Sean. Um. Do you know the names of the children? Or their title?
1: Um. Maokai. Uh. <laughs> that's what I just want to say it again. Uh, I, I mean, would it have said, like, her descendants or anything like that? Like, some of that is kind of what. You know, now that she said it, it's kind of what he was looking for, too, to see what happened to her uh, family and stuff like that.
0: Uh, You would find that a lot of the information, while regionized, is still kind of scattered because there were other things going on throughout the entirety of the region as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So...
2: Yeah, but if everything went as it should, Amic should have been named King upon her death.
0: So you find that uh, yes, uh, Amek was named King.
1: Real quick. I'm hearing hesitance in your voice. Did I, uh, did I unlock stuff that I shouldn't have?
2: No, Sean just doesn't remember the name of all the yeah. kids, oh, okay. and how old they were, and <laughs> yeah, I whether wasn't... they had families or
1: not. And... Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't really mean to put you on the spot. I just assume like Tracy has a, a tome like the one that I'm reading. Uh, already given okay, to Okay, <laughs> so Don,
2: what you figured out is that Amic, her yeah. oldest child, was around 20 years of age when she died. hmm And, uh, of course, he was brought up to be king upon her death. Uh, he did have a, a wife and a child, so, uh, when he became king, his son would have become prince of the region. Um... Deckel was her third child, but her second son. He would have taken over as a uh, general of the country's forces, at least in name. He was only 15, so uh, it may have been in name only, but he would have been Omic's, uh first in command.
3: Cool.
1: Uh, so, yeah, uh, Kumeya will bring this information that Adira didn't have. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, he'll he'll put the book on a table and... He had he made sure to put the coin in this page so I didn't lose it Uh, and just point to like, I don't know how morbid it was. I just while you were exploring things, I thought maybe I could maybe find some good tidings for you. Yeah, she will go through the book. um,
2: And just kind of make mental notes of Amic's uh, and how long he was king and his son, and you know, down the line, mm-hmm. um, she's trying, to, you know, because she, she has no idea what happened with her family exactly. afterwards,
1: yeah, yeah. That's that was kind of Kumio's thinking, too. Like, maybe you know, I mean, it couldn't have been all terrible, so maybe if there was some stuff, and Adira's fine with less than pleasant news, it seems. So, uh, you know, if he could find a glimmer of anything nice, is kind of his thinking, uh, with this whole. Uh, her, her
2: grandson would have actually been the last ruler of Barashan,
0: so. Uh, can Adira make me a wisdom check, please? She
2: can try seventeen.
0: You could probably find out what happened to Malachi too.
2: I helped. Um, well, she could look. I think that's going to be a harder thing to find, though, because once he was exiled, he was he he wasn't that important. Uh, there are tons she of utterly no
0: inane shit in these books.
2: Uh, you, what I'm saying is, she has no idea where to look in the book for him. Perhaps uh, she, you said it's by region, and she doesn't it, know where by he region went yeah.
0: first. But you can find where he was exiled and go from there.
1: Perhaps. Okay. Well, uh, then she'll do that. Maybe we could ask the sage if we could take this with us. Surely it wouldn't hurt. I'm not trying to rush you, Adira. If you want to read this, it is your right, I feel. But if the sage wouldn't mind, we could just take it with us if Adira does want to hit the
0: hit the road. Remember that Whitland did say he had things to give you.
2: Oh, no, okay. Yeah, we're yeah. waiting for him to come down. Anyway, cool. All right, so, good. So, yeah, she'll look up
0: Malachi. All right. Roll me a D... D6 Mm -hmm. plus one?
2: Uh, so that will be a six. Okay.
0: So, uh, you pour over this book for quite some time, following leads and leads and leads, and eventually move on to the next book, because he actually... Continued living for a very long time and is technically still alive. Um, You find out that he followed. He he basically um, went through some very ill-advised, like in hindsight, very ill-advised things and became immortal. Um, But he is still technically alive, and you're trying to track him down through that. But you feel like at the rate this is going getting to the modern day is going to take you a few more hours but after, like you said after a couple of hours Whitland comes down the stairs um she'll just
2: look up at him and go Whitland where's Malachi
0: I may have traveled about time but um, I can't say that I know where everyone and everything is at every point in time did you not write this book um yes and no I set them to writing. If that makes sense. Well, at least three of them, and the other one from my free deposit.
2: All right, Uh, Kumiho, Clint, grab the uh, latest two books and look for Malachi, a a former prince of Varalstrom. See if you can track him down.
1: At once, Adira. And, uh, like, there's now Pep in Kumio's step as he's, like, running over. He pulls him down, slaps him on tables, and just starts quickly, uh, rifling through. Like, training montage sort of thing where he's just, like, amped up that uh, Adira took to it so well.
0: Alright. Um, so, go ahead and give me perception check. me. That's
1: another Ten.
0: So 10 um, Perception. It, it's still going to take a little while because you have trouble tracking him down uh, without the in, information from the prior book to sort of give you a, a, an area to start in because he does, for a long time, he does actually move around quite a bit. Um, searching for more things, ways to resurrect his wife. Um, he With him actually... Um, discovering that she was killed by a daemon and then working under the assumption that her soul has been consumed and therefore trying to track the daemon and hunt him so that he can be killed so that her soul can be um potentially returned into existence. And also simultaneously seeking like powerful spell or powerful magic so that her soul can be returned to existence so that she can then be resurrected. Um,
1: so these um, uh, un, uh, misguided or uh, un... You kind of... I forget the exact word you used does he come? Does he become a bit of a baddie
0: in his uh, search for power? Um, he does terrible things to attain immortality for himself. Uh, he is... He's not a lich, but he's something akin to a lich.
1: Lich adjacent. He's
0: lich adjacent, yeah. Um... And, uh, while you're, like, flipping through the books, um, looking for all this, Whitland comes down the stairs and he places a large, um, uh, what looks like cloth on the table and he begins to unfold it. Well,
2: hold on just a second. (laughs) I was issuing orders and I only got to issue one.
0: (laughs) Well, he was still coming down the stairs anyway. Got her
2: fired up. Baron, Baron, I want you to grab the next book, the one following this, and help me see if we can uh, track Amek's descendants. I want to know if any of them are
3: alive. Uh, Baron will kind of uh, pause in his de-scuffing of his armor and go, uh, All right, then. Uh, Sure, yeah, and kind of stand up and... <clears throat> go over and try to find the latest book. Is parents smart? Should I? Um. <laughs> okay, he's yeah, he's.
1: So far, what we've heard.
3: <laughs> <clears throat> For some reason, I was thinking he had like a eight intelligence or something, but no, it's he's got a fourteen intelligence. Yeah. So while they're trying to track
2: Malachi and and the most recent, we're gonna start with Onik and his grandson and go from there and try to see if there are any living descendants.
0: Uh, the primary issue you are going to run into is that that is going to take time. And while Whitlan is fine with you sticking around, you seem to the interruption prior. So, that, that's...
1: Let's go to the Hyperbaric Time Tramper! Prior,
2: prior she thought, yeah, prior she thought she had to get to Sanguine to try to track down Malachi. She okay. has another option
0: now. So, um, go ahead and roll me, um, 3d8. Me or Barry? Whoever. As long as 3d8 gets rolled. Let's each roll 1d8. Okay. Four. Seven. Uh, I'm looking for a d8. Four. (laughs) Okay, so... Our powers combined. As a forward, uh, this will take you all fucking day. Um...
2: And how long would taking the sanguine one get?
0: Depends. Probably more than a day.
2: Okay, see? So we're still coming out ahead.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So can hear the sass coming out of Tracy, then I love it. (laughs) So. Sometime in that period of, like, fucking 15 hours, Woodland is like, can I give you these things? So I may proceed with what else I was doing.
1: Didn't you already know that this was going to take us this long?
0: It's not that simple, meow. There are
2: instances in which we might not find the book instances in which we might find the book instances in which we might want to do the research instances in which we might not want to do the research instances where we all drop dead and can't do the research. Did he say
1: meow?
3: Well, it's probably because
1: you're a cat folk. I'm a fox folk. You think I'm a fox? You think I'm a cat? Foxes are a type a of cat. I'm a fox. No, Baron, they're not. <laughs> Pull a nature check or a bluff? Nature. I'm doing nature. No, not you. If I have.
3: Oh, okay. I don't
1: have nature. Or bluff. No, I
3: have bluff. Um, 21 bluff? Make a sense motor. God, that's you. You
1: make the sense motor. I I got a plus one of this. uh, By Abadar's grace. Fuck me.
0: (laughs) Three. Now, it is an... It is a... Unbelievable lie. Which gives it Mm -hmm. a... Be- because of who you are, you know, which gives it a minus nope. 20. So I think you still pass and know he's lying.
1: You're having fun with me, Baron. The other Baron didn't have fun.
0: <laughs> Can't. Uh. They are of the family Canade. They're four 4K9.
1: Guys! Attention, please. Oh, uh, yes, Adira, sorry.
2: The man whose house we are occupying would like a word with us.
1: He's got all the
3: time in the world. <laughs>
0: That's an
3: Baron will stand up as he says that, though, and he's definitely yeah. has the biggest shit-eating grin after uh, fucking around with Kumio.
1: Yeah, Kumio's flustered as hell, but yeah, he'll he'll go over and see what uh, see what Whitland's got planned.
0: So Whitland produces from this. Uh, portable Ooh. hole, it's, it's a portable hole um, He produces from this portable hole uh, A few things For each of you For All of you, including Clint and uh, Arestia um, He produces A belt And A, a cap for each of you uh, And Yes and each of you gain a plus two bonus to a mental stat of your choice and a plus two bonus to two physical stats of your choice.
1: If you choose intelligence, these immediately become thinking caps.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so is, is it the caps that are doing this?
0: The caps are doing the mental, and the belts are doing the physical. He he. Then
2: I take it it has to be two separate. Sets. Yes,
0: two separate sets. These are uh, headband, effectively headbands of plus, of whatever plus two, and uh, the middle tier, uh, or the first tier of the middle belt, plus two. Um. There are there are three tiers of three tiers of belt and headband. Huzzah! Variety. Um, You are also each supplied with a cloak, uh, which is a cloak of resistance plus two, and each of them reflect your general. Uh, wear like what? What you generally wear? Okay, and the
2: cloak of the resist, cloak of resistance, is the one that gives fortitude, reflex, and will bonus.
0: Yes, it gives uh, bonuses to all your saves to the given value, which is plus two.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then for our champion each, I believe these may prove useful to each of you. Uh, and he will produce a. Um, from the hole he will produce a tower shield, uh, that looks a bit odd. Um, it is a mithril, uh, shield that has sort of a, um, not buttressed, um, it's sort of angular, like, it's not just a flat wall in front of you, it is ever so slightly, um, Kind of like the bever that you would find in a suit of, uh, well-made full plate. It's got this sort of crease down the middle that it angles away from. Uh, and he will tell you that this is... This is the piercing wall. Say. Plus one tower shield. Um, uh, with, uh, the masterwork qualities we discussed before, um, and that... Three times per day. Uh, You may make a 15-foot-wide wall, of course, um, that lasts for 12 rounds. You may end the duration to fold and push the wall for 10 feet per round of duration remaining. Uh, When the wall folds, it becomes 5 feet wide, uh, acting as a line spell. Make a bull rush attempt with a CMB equal to 5 with a combat mono... 11... (laughs) Make a bull rush CMB with a +5 bonus against creatures in this line, and they take 1d8 slashing and bludgeoning damage. That is a force effect, uh, thus affecting incorporeal beings. For every 10 feet they travel, until the bull rush fails. In the case of uh, they take 1d8 damage for every 10 feet they move. Um, in the case of an obstacle, you deal 1d8 damage per 10 feet remaining, doubled uh, for like structure and stuff. Um, he produces a pair of kama connected with a, uh, with a black iron chain, uh, and presents this to Kumiho. These are, these, uh, Oga, these are a set of Oga clan demon slayers. Uh, and they are a plus one keen frost, plus one keen frost dual comma. Uh, with undecided masterwork qualities, um, which you can choose. Uh, These are all masterpieces, by the way, so they get the maximum. Uh, These blades ignore the cold resistance of chaotic outsiders, but not immunity. Additionally, once per day, the owner may assume the form of a member of the Ogre Mages for 10 minutes. This functions as Giant Shape 1, except you become an outsider uh, with the subtype of Oni, and you become an Oni Ogre Mage. And you can gain and you gain the fly, darkness, and cone of cold spell like abilities of the Ogre Mage Oni.
1: Holy shit. Okay.
0: Uh during during that time.
1: Okay, and uh what are they made of?
0: Uh they appear to just be made of steel. Uh they chain, That's the fine. chain is uh yeah. like a it's a black metal. Yeah, the metal is black, but it is just steel and iron. Okay, no, that's cool. No, I was just
1: curious, because the way you said it. Alright. stick?" The black, uh, kind of contrasts nicely with my gold armor.
0: And, uh, to Baron, you are handed uh, what looks oddly like a blob of water. <laughs> uh. Because you're dehydrated. <laughs> Here you go. It's a, it's a raindrop cake. No, um, once you take it in your hand however it lengthens becoming a surging length of uh, uh of water uh that coils around into your hand resembling a whip. This is the Waterlord's whip. It is a +2 keen scorpion whip made of water. The uh when making attacks with it it touch it, it goes against touch AC instead of normal AC and otherwise functions like the river whip spell with an unlimited duration. It also grants you proficiency with its use if you do not have it and allows you to make a grapple within its reach. Make a grapple attempt within its reach. And I will repost all the book. And it also uh, has undecided masterwork qualities, which you can add.
2: Does he hand Clinton him anything? They don't get special
0: weapons, though. Um he he will provide them with uh some basic uh, uh yeah I'll give a Rustia, like a um a basic plus 2 crossbow and a pl- or no a plus 1 crossbow and plus 2 mace and give Clint a plus 1 crossbow
2: So when he's through handing this stuff out Adira is just going to look at him and say Well, thank you for the aid. I hope you don't mind uh There's some information in these books that I really need in order to complete the task ahead of me, so if you have no objection, we're going to uh, make use of them before we leave.
0: Of course, just uh, don't read um, anything past the 10th millennia. Uh,
2: I Uh. have no need to know anything beyond what's happening today.
0: well.
1: Temptation.
0: If you do need me, uh, please, this uh, bell... He motions to a bell uh, by the uh, stairs up that none of you remember seeing before. Please ring it, and I shall be down shortly. And he will head back up the stair.
1: Do you think that bell wasn't there originally, and he puts it there later in the day? After he told us it would be there? He's he's a mage. He just...
2: Magic does strange things. Time magic eludes me.
1: It boggles my mind.
2: The important thing is that instead of showing up at random cities and inquiring about someone who may or may not have ever been through there, we have a lead now with these books.
1: Yes. Thank you, Clint, for sparking the idea
0: You're quite welcome uh, and I don't mind reading more about all this
1: you'll be reading a fair bit uh, you stay in the cabin and I'll, I'll do the driving so you two can read Well, we're not taking the books oh we're
2: not we, we can't take the books we have to figure out what we need to know
1: okay that works as well
2: so if y'all can find Malachi, that is that, that cuts out all the middle ground and we can head straight that way. If not, perhaps finding the Descendant will help because if he has got any essence of himself left in him, he will keep an eye on the grandchildren, as it were.
1: Very well. And uh, Kumio get get cracking.
2: So what do we find out, all great and mighty DM? So
0: you find out that, um, technically speaking, yes, Adira has living descendants. Um, they are, for the most part, no longer know, you know, they don't know their heritage or anything. Um, there are a couple of her descendants... That still actually um, bear some connection, more more directly, like through chance of uh, interspersed um, breeding through several millennia, um, that they have a stronger blood tie to her, and that they are both actually members of an underground. Uh, of an underground organization dance troop. within uh within Oklahoma. I can't even say the fucking name um hold on I have to go look at it um, what's it called now? No, 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 that this is, this is the now that I'm trying That's to That's what he's trying to do. Oh, oh, damn,
1: I um, thought it was like Bar I thought it was
0: like Bar Shalon. Oh no,
2: Bar Shalon is No, Bar Shalon doesn't list, doesn't exist anymore and the city of Ashram became the lost city.
0: Oh. Yeah, they they sunk beneath the sand. Um
2: and so now in Helios, the last
0: city, yes,
2: yeah. is stands where uh Ashram used to stand. Oh.
0: Uh I put this somewhere and I can't find it. Control F Lost City. No, it's in the it like I mean, like where I've put it, I don't know. Uh I, oh, I think I've got it dear, on World yeah. okay. The Akhlaraj. last city of There we go. Uh so they are a underground organization um in the last city of Akhlaraj. Spell Akhlaraj. Aklaraj. Spell Aklaraj. A K-L-A-R-A-J. Okay,
2: there, it's in my notes right. now.
0: Um, <laughs> and, um, basically they're kind of rebels, um, against the system that is currently in place. Um, they want the, uh...
2: Wait, is this that organization that we talked about when we made a Okay.
0: Mm, I don't remember what that is, so I'm gonna say no. Is it the Golden Disciples? No, it's not. They okay. they no, are there is
2: it. a there is a group there is a group in uh, the last city of Aklaraj, Now that we know the current name of it, that uh, ha- came across information on Adira at one point and believes that there is a prophecy in place that. uh, Baralsham will rise again when the Queen returns.
1: Oh. Oh, as a, as a side thing, um, is so uh, I guess Prophecy isn't dead in Eterna? With Ariden? isn't? Or you guys not follow
0: that? Oh, um. I'm curious. That's a Galarian thing. That's another planet. Oh, that's
1: specific. <laughs> okay, never mind. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that. That's
2: a Galarian thing. And the people of Baralsham follow what. Gods that aren't followed nowadays more or less like Ash, Osiris, things of that nature. I see. Okay, cool. Um And so like and it may be utter bullshit, mm-hmm. but there's a group that believes that.
0: Sure. Cool. Neat. Also, what is prophecy when there's alternate timeline? Uh That's true. <laughs> so Um but those are your closest living relatives, technically, um, by blood. Um, and there is, um, Malachi, um, after following him all over the world for like about 2000 years, um, you find that he's been in the exact same place for the last 500. And that is in bar deep beneath the sands.
1: It's waiting for you.
0: Wait, how would he get down there? I mean, you can get down there. There are hollows. You
2: can get down there. That's how you get down to the springs that feed the city. And well, it's reservoir by the time Adira comes around. But you know.
1: Oh, okay. When you, like I, I think you said something like swallowed up by the sands. Yes. I thought that meant like you know it was lost to the sands. Um, like.
0: in in ways and for. Okay, a time, so yes, let me explain. <clears throat> Sorry. pre explain.
2: Let me, let me, I'm going to give you a history lesson, Don. righty. Alright. Ashram was founded in the middle of a desert on a place where there was a, a natural spring that had magical water that came out of it. And any plants grown from this water, anything made from this water, took on magical qualities from this water. And so Ashram was settled. And eventually expanded, uh, within the time span of under three kings, it expanded from a single city to a kingdom, with Ashram as the capital, and the name of the kingdom was bar al-Shah. Now, over time, this spring became a reservoir under the city. And water from this magical reservoir was brought up through a system of pumps and, and things of that nature. And that is what fed the city and kept it alive and made it such a huge trade center as because of these magical goods that came from the city. Uh, and Adira's family ruled from the time of its founding. And then she was the first female ruler. Because of the stuff that happened to her, uh, she kind of accidentally started the end of the kingdom. And the kingdom collapsed completely under her grandson. But every couple of generations, they had to build on, you know how Venice fills with water and so they have to keep building up?
1: Exactly, yeah.
2: They had to do that in Ashram because the sands with the reservoir underneath would sink. Mm, okay. Buildings would kind of sink into the sand, in a way. Um, and so the system, the pumps and stuff, had to keep getting larger and larger to bring the water up. And the city kept sinking lower and lower and had to be kept being built up. Mm-hmm. So the pre complex, every two or three generations... Has a new layer added to it. So if you can find whatever is currently on top of the site of the preship Complex, mm-hmm. you can then start working your way down through it. And if you know, if you're brave enough, mm-hmm. and Theoretically, work your way all the way down to the beginnings of the kingdom.
1: Could Adira teleport there because she knows and has been there?
2: Adira does not have the ability to teleport.
1: If she if she met someone that could teleport, I mean, like if oh wait no, then you would you you would need to be the one casting it. Damn. Okay. I'm
0: right. not trying
1: to like I'm not trying like to. There like...
0: are way there are ways around that, but also. Like it's been so long, and things have changed.
2: Yeah, it's not. But in I do love a canonical reason for a dungeon kinda. to
0: exist. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool, awesome. I did know like bits and pieces of. I knew about the plumbing. I knew about the magic thing. I knew about all of that. it's just threading it back through because it's been a while for me. So very cool.
0: Also, Neat. um, reading into it, um, you know that uh you you would learn that the um the glowing waters no longer are around the last city but it is still supplied with a lake because of the font of the of the divine waters deep below and the last time there was like a major like shit, the, something happened down there and we can't get down there and fix it was about 500 years ago. <gasps> sense mode, And it has... No. You can intelligence. <laughs> I haven't rolled above a uh, six it, all day. Like, you don't even have to roll an intelligence. Malachi uh, went down and though it doesn't go into great detail about what happened, he, f- he fixed the problem. Uh and only, like, minor things closer to the surface have been an issue in the last 500 years. That, you know, to fix the water supply.
2: So it's his fault there's no magical water?
0: Uh, It may also, however, be his fault that there's water, period. Only time will tell. Indeed. Only time will tell. So... With this knowledge, you know now where to look for Malachi, back in Adira's homeland. Not only back in her homeland, her actual home, of once, of another. Now, uh, supplied with as much food as you can grab out of the fridge, and some new magical gear... Uh, unless there's anything else y'all want to do, you bid Whitland goodbye and head out from the Emerald Mountain and pick a direction to get to Helios.
2: Uh, we're gonna go through Sanguine and across the Twilight and directly into Helios.
1: Hi there, my name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to, and I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder Homebrew Adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Corey in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. G'day, this is Dick Horny, inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler,
0: cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A
1: Native American. He, he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager.
0: Okay, so we're rolling into elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of
1: new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Duster's Podcast on
4: Twitter for details. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from uh, another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever gonna get used to saying that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some (laughs) Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We're an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place in a place where things are not what they expected. one of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had to, Travis. I understand why but, uh, the fuck do you have a
0: guitar?
4: <laughs> LCP DD presents Odyssey musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. welcome forsaken travelers do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere do you like bad scary movies
2: cult classics and more the crow beetlejuice frankenstein what about dad jokes we have those too tune in to the podcast for the untimely dead every other sunday on your favorite podcast app we'll see you there
0: If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the hive, that's our discord, link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on sonerdware.com. And find us on Twitter, at eldritchdream, at aeternap, and at Podcast. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods
1: haunt your dreams.
4: My name is Riley, Riley Morhan. You may have heard of my grand exploits in what's being regarded as the Aeterna Podcast. To be forthcoming, if you know anything about me and you probably do, then you know outside of saving the world from being completely obliterated by eldritch horrors, beyond being the world's finest swordsman and most dashing of guildmasters, and apart from being the lemon-pepper addict we all know and love, that I myself quite enjoy a good tale of adventure and heroics. I come to you today with such a tale. If you've enjoyed my exploits, then I guarantee you'd enjoy the stories being told in a series called Horizon. Set in some futuristic fantasy world of absolute make-believe called Canada, a bunch of teenagers with amazing powers have to face the world, find their place in it, and learn what it means to be true heroes. I'll certainly be keeping tabs on this tale as it unfolds. And so should you. Hey guys, it's me, <laughs> Chris, player of Riley Moorheim. Big announcements. Come January 2021, I know, it can't get here soon enough, I'll be launching a critically accursed podcast with a series we're calling Horizon. Using the Powered by the Apocalypse system, Masks, we explore a world of teenage superheroes in the futuristic setting of 2172. So if you like superheroes, hormones, angsts, drama, and goofy tabletop content, then you should keep your eyes open for our podcast. We're planning to release our first issue on January 5th, 2021, most likely in all the same places you already use to listen to Eterna and all of your other favorite podcasts. Probably. <laughs> the easiest way to keep tabs on what I'm doing in terms of podcasting would be to follow me on Twitter at C Accursed, where all podcast tabletop content creation announcements will be made. I also occasionally stream tabletop content on Twitch, twitch.tv slash C Accursed. That's C as in Chris Accursed. <laughs> And if you're feeling particularly frisky, you can search Critically Accursed on YouTube to find my channel for an archive of streams and some shitty Let's Plays. All that said, I look forward to a new year and to connecting with a bunch of pretty cool people through the podcast we're making. Sean, thank you for including this in today's episode, and, uh, I'll... (laughs) I guess I'll see you guys in the new year with a new story. It should be pretty fucking cool. (laughs) Until then.